3: Just like customizing
2: your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable.
4: Ah. The
3: typical,
4: disgusting, disgusting, Oh, tonight we got them. Goldie, the
3: Sulk, and JC. Chemical,
2: chemical, disgusting,
0: disgusting.
3: oh we're back (laughs) welcome to another episode of a typical disgusting display a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing uh we're we're pumped to talk to kevin hench today very funny smart guy goldie i know he's a buddy of yours can't wait to get to know him. I've never even met him, so that's eh, going to be... Stay, stay away. Get stay your out. own friends. <laughs> get my own friends.
4: First <laughs> joke of the day. First joke <laughs> of the
3: day. Okay. I Listen, I you're one of my own friends, so how am I sitting
4: now? Yeah, and let me have my
3: world. <laughs> I, you'll have your world.
0: Okay. Uh, you yeah. have enough friends. You know, I, I, I like your friends. We, we've talked about some of them on the podcast. You've yeah. got this whole private school little hoota <laughs> that I don't have. Huta. You know, I, I have all, all my friends from school have fallen away so let me have
3: this <laughs> yeah okay all right well we'll see we'll Thank see you. how it goes we'll see how it goes um everyone yeah, likes so... you better Oh it's God. so unjust <laughs> it's well, <devolving>. it's, it's <laughs> just... it should be at least 50 50 it's just the hair goldie you know that you know that
0: <laughs> well I, i'm glad you know it <laughs> yes
3: i do now from hanging around you i do i do know it that's the only reason uh, um so uh we we had a couple of things we wanted to talk about before we talked to Kevin Hench. and one of them is you know it's it's a, definitely a little sad. We lost uh Matthew Perry this week, yeah and uh tall um is was a good friend of his. They worked on projects together, and so she knew him quite well, and I know that that was uh sad for her, but I wanted to talk I don't wanna trump you, yeah, my mother went on a
0: double date with his father
3: Whoa. Probably, wow.
0: uh, 60 some years ago. So I mean, a little bit more of a connection there. Yeah.
3: Fair Trumpy. All right. That's a fair Trump, a fair Trump. Um, but uh, you know, so it, it, in the midst of, 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 sadness and shock when, you know, when something like this happens, because listen, we, we talked about the friends pilot on this show uh, probably over a year ago And I think it was clear that, like, obviously, Friends, you know, doesn't need our help, doesn't give a shit about our critique. It wasn't necessarily our cup of tea. I think we sort of fall into the Seinfeld camp here on this podcast anyway. Um, But you cannot deny, like, what an absolute comedic force of nature Matthew Perry was on that show. Like, he, Chandler Bing, became... Like this thing where everybody would talk like that Remember? for for decades,
0: it, you know. It it came from Letterman, and then it was, but he really popularized it. Like there was this quippiness yes. thing that everyone was doing in the nineties, where it was like, no matter what someone said, it's like, and it's a little bit of the David Spade, and you are, you know, yes, and it's like the how blank can you be, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it Could really
3: anymore blank. <laughs> yeah, it just. <laughs>
0: It ate everything and that yes. was due to his influence, but please continue.
3: Yeah, no, no, no. And he's a, an incredibly charismatic uh, comedic actor and had great comedic timing. And, you know, they wrote perfect lines for his character. So it's it's a huge loss and like we were all feeling it, but there is sort of this other kind of nuts and bolts side to it, like the almost uh, within five minutes of the news uh being broken that he had passed away uh i started getting texts from people on the show people in production because we had an episode uh many years ago now probably five years ago where we made fun of matthew perry um and so people were doing their due diligence to make sure like well we, we want to make sure that that episode is not scheduled to like repeat anywhere now out of obviously out of respect for, for this situation. And that's all, you know, those are the kind of things that happened at, uh, happen at family guy from time to time. If somebody passes away and we've made fun of them, like it'll get pulled out. So we have this very nuts and bolts discussion about, you know, making sure that that doesn't happen. But then within, you know, less than a half an hour after that, the texts start coming in from, from other Family Guy writers. And this is, this is just all to speak with, like this, this may come off as disrespectful, but I want to emphasize that in, in comedy and, and particularly at Family Guy, this is sort of what we do. And this is how we deal with uh, a tragedy like this is through humor. So as I say, the texts start coming in And before the night was over, the Family Guy writers who participated in these texts, we had written an entire parody of the Friends theme based on this (laughs) tragedy. And now, again, that sounds disrespectful. But in a way, I submit that it is the ultimate respect that on a Saturday when people are not working, this man, this great comedic actor's sad death inspired many of the family guy writers to get off their asses and put Mm. together something that was quite humorous in the face of tragedy. And so I just wanted to just throw that out there as sort of a little behind the scenes look at how certainly a place like family guy processes, uh, a tragic moment, uh, in Hollywood. Well, I, find it enormously disrespectful because i
0: wasn't on the text chain
4: oh.
3: uh, well you, but by the way that's not entirely <laughs> true you were peripherally part of this text well, chain
0: uh yeah i think we all are just in constant fear of our own death and yes. so then when it happens all we can do like children is hyena
3: like make a bunch of jokes yes I mean. stave off our own anxieties yeah, absolutely correct. And I mean, I think, you know, I'm thankful that I'm sort of in this community of people who are are like minded and like to kind of lift each other up. Well, they're,
0: the world is upside down. And I'll I'll yes. tell you something that this is my least favorite time of year because yes. you you wake up and it's just dark, dark. and you yes. think, like, I shouldn't be awake right. it's backwards. And then you get out of work. And it's dark. Yep. <laughs> and so. So I get up this morning and this happens once in a while where uh, you walk outside the house and it's light out. There's no sun. And then the moon is just in the middle of the sky.
4: Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so weird. you go, out
0: here. oh, OK, so there are no rules <laughs> yeah. like it's daylight and, the, and there's just the moon. Oh, right. this goes against literally everything i know and the entire face of the universe the, the moon is just during the middle of the day like oh now i'm the moon here yeah. okay
5: <laughs> that sure.
0: feels safe yeah why don't the sun just come out in the middle of the night sure yeah, no rule hey, anything anything just have anything happen oh. so i was already like i i don't want to experience today <laughs> it's a disaster the moon is out in yep. the day it's yep. already fucked
3: yep we all feel like we should be like milking cows or something when you wake up at this time of year oh it's, yeah it's, what is my
0: my feet are gonna be coming out my ears next like what's next <laughs> it's crazy uh yes this is not, <laughs> no one's gonna do anything like if <laughs> i was president I, the president should be on tv Uh, don't freak out. The moon is out during the day. I think it's fine. I don't know because I don't control everything. Even though I'm the president, I don't control anything. I can't stop falling.
5: The moon's out. Have a good one, everyone. It's Halloween. So that's weird
3: too. I'd love to see Biden try and get through that speech. Uh, Perfect speech for fall. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Well, that's a good good observation. I had never thought about how disconcerting that is. And now I will notice it every time when I see the moon, I will freak out along with you. So I appreciate that.
2: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car.
1: With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: Uh, And now something else we freak out about every week. Now it's time for Johnny Jokes. Bro! Hi, Here's
4: Jenny! Woo!
3: All right. Here we go. Maybe you heard this. Hey, listen to this thematic connection right here. Dust and rocks collected from the moon wow. have allowed scientists to determine that the celestial body is 4.46 billion years old, about 400 million years older. Than previously believed, uh, experts say the moon was able to appear young by waxing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: by waxing. <laughs> I thought this was going in the area of it, it was so old. It, was it the Rolling Stones' first show or something like
3: <laughs> I would have, but you did that joke last week. I, I know. I it, just, it just feels, okay. Uh, and Goldie, here's a, here's a story we texted about, and uh, you had found a joke in it, and I tried <laughs> desperately. Maybe I didn't do it. Uh, after taking a hard foul, West Virginia basketball player, Acock Acock, was sent to the hospital. Uh, While the player is now in stable condition, the team's coach says that he's never seen a cock so swollen. Oh, my God.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> we, we had texted about it, uh, and there it, it is. It was a fertile area. Fertile, <laughs> fertile for some.
0: Yeah. Uh, next... I mean, it's just like you to milk a cock.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Goldie, when we texted about this, you wrote, uh, now that we've both got our hands on a cock, it really started <laughs> producing or something. It was very funny. All right, next story Thieves at an Apple store made off with $27,000 worth of merchandise. Uh, they didn't take that much. They just opted to go with the protection plan. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, having uh, in been the, there myself this week. <laughs> yes, yes, so oh, relevant to some. Uh, in the face of minuscule polling numbers, Mike Pence has officially dropped out of the 2024 presidential race. The former vice president will go back to his old job of being wallpaper in the downstairs bathroom. <laughs> Boring guy.
0: I, I, had, I, I had a similar ju- I'll just do mine so I don't have to do the same setup.
3: Go ahead.
0: Now, but then he dropped out of the presidential race before he before it began and hence knew he was in trouble when even the fly on his head endorsed Trump. <laughs> <laughs> That's better. God
4: damn it. That's
3: fine. You know, it's all lateral. All right, and finally... An investigation is underway after violent anti-Semitic messages were posted online at Cornell. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Cornell is in the Ivy League like Ringo was in the Beatles. (laughs) (laughs) Take it away, Johnny, too.
0: All right. Well, it's all anyone's talking about. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey appear to be getting serious. Uh, Friends say it's the real thing and not for show. And they're still intimate, even when there are only 15 cameras there. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. It's (laughs) fine. After the uh, recent runaway success of her movie, Taylor Swift is now officially a billionaire. But it it hasn't changed her. She's still the same simple small town girl she's always pretended to be. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Okay. Well. Thousands of Walgreens employees may walk off the job this week. The move threatens to leave customers not noticing a difference. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I think I'll do this one as a norm. Yeah, as a norm. All right. Well, today was Halloween. And uh the presidential couple had interesting costumes. Uh yeah, yeah. Uh First Lady Jill Biden wore makeup and a costume and went as Barbie. Yeah. Well, Joe Biden wore no makeup and no costume and went as Oppenheimer now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And and finally, <clears throat> we, we referred to it earlier. Former Friends actor Matthew Perry tragically passed away this week after drowning in a hot tub. Yeah. And uh, AOC and Ilhan Omar say it's important we don't pick sides right now. And support both Matthew Perry and Hot Tubs. (laughs) (laughs) Think you know where I stand on something else.
4: (laughs) Yes, sir.
2: All right. Well done.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs. A gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital.
0: This is as good a point as any for me to interject and say we're here with Kevin Hench, who is a Ooh. writer and showrunner and friend, I'll say, extraordinaire. Had to pull some strings because he's extremely busy, one of the smartest guys I know. Um, so hench, I thought, you know, as a former journalist, where would you begin with you? Where where would you start in the Kevin Hench story? What questions Would you begin to ask?
5: Well, you know, it's funny, and I don't know uh, the premise of your podcast. Like, I get yelled at by my podcast partner for not listening to his other podcast. It's like I do a podcast with you. I'm going to go get in my car and listen to your other podcast.
0: But oh, I don't listen to this podcast. (laughs) I'm supposed to listen to edit it, and then I I can't. Who has time? I'm too busy
5: doing the podcast. (laughs) I mean, I've got to listen to the history of rock and roll and 500 songs podcast. I don't have I don't have time for my friends podcast. But uh, so I kind of like for me, I think, you know, I was a sports obsessive growing up. I think, you know, we have three Boston Jagoff fans here and uh, and I look back like, you know, I didn't ever have a plan or like, you know, like I want to be a TV writer, or write TV comedy. But I think my whole life has basically been like, how do I finance watching sports? Wow. <laughs> yeah,
0: That's cool. You and know, be, I, but you do you still enjoy it to the same extent? Because having reached a point where you can do that, you know, like I find baseball now don't care football I like to gamble on it and basketball I like I mean do you still maintain that enthusiasm
5: yeah I mean I'm surprised at how um how upset I can get in October at an NBA game like I'm like you know the, the Celtics are blowing a lead against the the loathsome Miami Heat and I'm freaking out in October about basketball so I guess I'm still crazy uh and, and the Bruins beating the the Panthers in overtime. Uh, like I get excited now to the gambling up um, when I forget that this is all going to come down to some terrible roughing the passer call. It's like, yeah. how can I bet on that? Well, how can I gamble on this? I'm insane. So I definitely feel um, as I get older that it's that I'm dumber for dedicating <laughs> so much time to watching terrible officials but uh you know when you're a junkie when you're a junkie you're a junkie
0: but you also i mean do you ever feel because like i look at you and i talk to you and i say well this guy should be secretary of state or ambassador (laughs) to south korea or something and not a stupid tv writer like do you feel within you this pull because you have these other sort of intellectual pursuits and knowledge and then you you know make broadcast tv as we all do um are you torn at all about that between your sports fandom, your profession and like how intelligent that I think, you know, you are.
5: Yeah. yeah, I'd put myself somewhere between Warren Christopher and Tony Blinken as far as secretary of state
4: <laughs> ability.
5: Wow. No, I don't. It, it's why I have two daughters and my 16 my year old is at art school and, and kind of like, I don't know, she's following in the old man's footsteps, but you know, I feel like it's almost, time to have the conversation with her that you know i've wasted my life you know do you really want to follow in these footsteps? Like, but then do you ever like you occasionally i'll find myself with you know real grown-ups in like a real and i'm just like i, I i'm not up to it like i belong in the <laughs> right i just belong in the sandbox making yes. jokes making making dough uh who am i kidding <laughs> you know you go to like political fundraiser and just you're just like wow these people are putting themselves in the arena it's like kind of impressive and I just could never hang like I just
0: get so nervous yeah well let's let's go back a bit because you said you said you're from Vermont but that's not quite accurate you're you're from the Virgin Islands are you not yeah
5: Hmm.
0: yeah Yeah, so so
5: how long were you there you were born there I was born in Northampton Massachusetts and then from (sighs) Then from two to 11 uh, raised by Rastafarians in St. Ooh. Thomas and the Virgin Islands, wow. which is funny because like, you know, I'm, a, I don't even know if like I'm a permissive parent. Like I don't even know if it's like it's conscious, like I'm permissive consciously. I just like, I was raised by hippies who didn't know where I was. And then the Rastafarians took me in. So like, I was getting high at nine. Like, <laughs> that's not a joke. That's right. not a bit. I was like, And it's just an island is a cloud of marijuana and (laughs) everyone's getting high. And so did
0: it feel good at that point or was it scary? Cause like, I can't even handle it now.
5: It's just, (laughs) well, first of all, it was, you know, it's all homegrown. And I, you know, I had a weird, like 20 years off from smoking pot and the hydroponic, like I, I tried pot as a grown up because I was like, why are people like, they want to like make pot, like pot's illegal. It's so insane. And then I, I smoked some pot, and I was like, "This should be illegal, man." This is way- <laughs> well, it's
2: very different now. It's way stronger. I'm sure what you were smoking was a lot lighter.
5: Yeah. So, I mean, what I was smoking in the '70s is just enough to, you know, make me forget about my parents' crumbling marriage for oh. a couple hours. <laughs>
4: yeah.
5: Yes. Um, you know. So anyway, but so with my daughter you know, it's like, obviously, kids are going to drink. And like I tell, you know, I tell people like what my daughter's up to. And they're like, Whoa, what are you doing? I'm like, she's seven years older than I was when I started in on the drugs and alcohol. Like I'm I'm a hero. She's 16.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, I, I, I saw this. I read this thing the other day that French school children in the 50s were routinely sent to school with wine and there was sort of a wine ration that they had throughout the day that was, you know, like a liter of wine. And the sobriety of kids is a fairly new historical development. Uh Oh, I did not. That's a good one. Yeah, so more keeping in the time. So you then, I mean, when you then go from Rasta culture to Vermont, what was that culture shock?
5: Well, you know, of course, I was equipped with a windbreaker basically for my first winter. So I am standing, I'm waiting for the bus in a Patriots windbreaker.
0: And are you sober? um, Are you high? I'm I'm,
5: I'm stone sober. I needed, I needed the St. Bernard to show up with the
4: liquor around his
5: neck, Save me. But I really, I do remember very clearly standing at the bus waiting for the bus uh, and, and thinking I was going to die. Like it was so cold. And then also, like, you know, you grow up swimming in the tropics, like, like the ocean is warm. Yeah. And I remember hitting a lake at Camp Coniston in New Hampshire and also thinking I was going into cardiac arrest. It was so cold. <laughs> and that was in the summer. Um, so that yeah, was definitely some culture shock. Uh, and then, and you know, because my family was from New England. It very It's kind of a wild story how we end up in in the Virgin Islands Uh, is any of this remotely about what your podcast is about? Yeah. Yeah. We just,
0: podcast is about
3: nothing. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So
0: we just like to talk to people we like and wherever it goes, it goes. And then we sometimes edit stuff out and then sometimes (laughs) we forget to. Okay.
5: Well, this is like this. I'm, 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 I'm as confident that my mom won't listen to this podcast as I am that I won't listen to this podcast. (laughs) uh, Thank you. Thank you. So I, I can tell this story, but basically like my dad knocked up my mom at UMass Amherst with, you know, that was my brother. And my mom was like, I don't want to, do I have to marry this guy? Like, what a drag. Like just like, and, and so she was like, no, yeah, thanks. Thanks for knocking me up, but I'm not really interested in uh, throwing my entire life away on you. So I'm just going to raise this boy solo. And then my dad was like, my dad's smart because he's like, ah, this is a good one. I'm never going to make any effort in life but I should make some effort right now oh. to convince her that I might have effort in me to <laughs> to settle down. And so like, you know, he, he, he chases her down. He's like, no, let's raise, let's make a family. And like, and my mom's and like, And he's
0: like 22 or something at this well, point or he was a, like, he's Was he a one. townie and she was at the college? Well, or?
5: it's interesting because he went, he was, a, he went in the air force. So she was like, she was one year younger than he was, but ahead of him in college because he'd he been in the Air Force. Okay. And so, um, but he hoodwinks her and she agrees to marry him. And uh, I mean, I guess I'm glad, right? I'm here. <laughs> yeah. but so, so, so then like, it, it, it's not long before, before my mom's like, "Gosh, yes. you know, in addition to being with this slug that I didn't want to marry, if I... <laughs> It might be nice to also be with men that I'm attracted to.
4: Okay.
5: So, so my mom is, is having an affair and, and although this is all disputed, there's a lot of Rashamon in, and by the way, I'm like, mom, I'm not, I get it. No one knows dad better than I do. You don't have to be embarrassed that you were cheating on him. I totally sign off on that decision. That is, that's, that's, yeah. that's your what do you care up. your your
0: weeds flowing in
5: yeah yeah <laughs> so, but so the way so this is the my dad's Rashomon version of this story is that we're in the Deerfield Northampton M- M- Massachusetts Corridor and my
3: mom a lot of hot dudes there yeah, yeah so I thought I off. thought the Rashomon was going to involve a Rastaman uh, <laughs> I <Rashomon>. Good one.
5: <laughs> uh so my mom, according to my dad, is having an affair with with a guy named Kenny Bordner. And my mom denies this and she's much more reliable narrator than my dad. So maybe it's funnier if it wasn't true. Um, I mean, there would definitely be like spectacular infidelity and confrontation and gunplay in my awesome childhood. But so, so then um, my dad needs to get, I'm I'm on the scene now. I'm like, did you ever see Girl on a Train? Girl on a Train with Emily Blunt. Yes. There, oh, yes. There's a scene where an affair is taking place with a child, like leaning on the bars of its crib, kind of like paying attention. Like that's that's the opening scene in the Noah Bombach movie of My Life. Is like, yes. hey mom, that's not daddy. But anyway, so so then. <laughs> So then my dad's like I got to get I got to get Norma out uh, away from from Kenny. Uh so my dad I mean basically it sounds like we were just thrown in a car without seatbelts and driven to the West Coast. So we land in Hayward, California. Um and my dad's like okay, you know, I've just put 3000 miles between my wife's vagina and Kenny Bordner. <laughs> I've, I've done it. I've done it. And then I don't know like where they were well, like they were they wouldn't have been at a restaurant, I don't think. But uh like you know, close family friend Kenny Bordner pops up on the West Coast and goes, Hey Mike, Norma, what's up? What are you doing here? What? And it's and and he's like, Well, we just uh we just moved out here, and he's like, You've got to be kidding me, me too. I'm getting uh-huh. a bay. I'm getting my MFA at Berkeley. This is uh, this is awesome. And so so then my dad is like, "Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, it's um, I is it uh, well, it's a, there's a I wanted to say Jean Paul Sartre, a short story. Um, it's called The Wall, I think. But anyway, the idea being that like you think you've 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 evaded doom, and then doom shows up oh, in oh yeah, uh, yeah. California, right? And so um, so then my dad at this point has his Ph.D. and he's goes to the job fair, like to teach English. And then they go, hey, they need someone at the College of the Virgin Islands. And he's like. All right, Kenny Bordner. Let's fucking see. Let's see this. Let's see your level of commitment. Let's see your level of commitment. So then, so then, my dad scoops us up like we were barely in California for for less than a year, and then we're off uh, to the island in 1969 uh, to to you know spend my formative years. In fact, I leave St. Thomas in the summer of 78. While the Red Sox are blowing that 14 and a half game lead to the oh, end. Oh
4: Jesus. All, a
5: lot of trauma, uh late 70s trauma for the kid. But I will say, despite almost freezing to death, as soon as my parents were no longer in the same house, like my life got instantly better. Like I- I'm I'm the friend
0: who's always like, Oh, you should definitely get divorced.
4: <laughs> yeah. Right. You've seen it. as a positive uh, yeah. thing.
0: So you <laughs> emerge, you emerge from this chaos, though, and you you go to college or whatever, because it seems like coming from that, you should be a like kind of a fuck up.
5: Well, listen, no offense, but I think we are fuck-ups, guys. Like we just <laughs> happen to have lucked we? into a job that rewards fuck-ups. Like it's insane. <laughs> you know, like my dad's always talking about. And I don't want my dad to know how much I make. Obviously Uh (laughs) He already asked for money, but, uh, (laughs) but, you know, he'll like be saying like, you could come back to Boston. You know, the Red Sox are looking for an assistant general manager. Like, I'm like, yeah that's a terrible job
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't want that job so you but you you were gonna go into sports right like that was the idea that you were gonna go into sports writing
5: well I was a sports writer at the Valley in West Lebanon New Hampshire and you know it's funny when you when you look at all you know your jobs your CV it's like the quality of your job you know always comes down to compensation but like I did love being a sports writer. Like it, if it paid, I would have just stayed with that forever. But you're like, you're almost a volunteer. You get paid so little. Oh, that's uh, and by the way, that was like six bucks an hour starting at the Valley News. And you can grind your way to the Hartford Current in Connecticut. And then eventually, like, you're like, I'm a sports writer for the New York Times. Like, congratulations, you're still broke.
4: Like right, you right. made it to the
5: top of your profession and you
4: can't
3: afford to live in New York City. And and the athletes hate you and view you okay. as,
5: <laughs> as they should. And the what, fans kind of
3: hate you. What, <laughs> what sports were you covering in uh, Lebanon, New Hampshire? Dartmouth so,
5: stuff? Yeah, I covered a lot of Dartmouth sports, a um, lot, lot of Dartmouth football, Dartmouth basketball. And then, you know, the high school, all the local high schools, my alma mater, Hanover High, where I set the school record for free throw percentage. Well, this is, I Whoa. want to stop
0: you here because I'm am a big fan of Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal and I've listened to you on their podcast. And that was actually my first exposure to you. And then when I met you, I was so thrilled because my buddy Hench, but on that podcast, they said that you hold the record for free throws and that you call the school every year to see if it's been broken, is that true?
5: That might also be a little Rajamani. I don't, I don't call every year, but if I happen if I happen to have some interaction with an alum, I'm like, hey, there are no uh, superstars on that team, right? I don't have to, I don't have to worry about that record. But the what most was your, what was your break, percentage? It was I was 54 for 60 my senior year. I don't have, Whoa. you know, I don't have to tell, I don't have to tell you guys that's 90. percent But. Uh, <laughs> So it is weird like when you think about um the the chaos theory and the butterfly and the wings and your life like the 3 point line came into high school basketball the year after I graduated from Hanover High uh where uh, our pal Austin Earl also matriculated yeah. uh when we when we were helping out on your pilot goldie I don't know if you I think you were sitting there but you're probably
0: I was busy with other stuff yeah, but yeah, yeah go ahead but,
5: so, so somebody makes fun of my high school free throw percentage record. And then Austin Earl goes, where'd you go to high school? And I go, Hanover, New Hampshire. He goes, you were a marauder. And it's like, that's such a deep cut. You're like, whoa. And then it's like, yeah, only a marauder would know I was a marauder. So I'm like, whoa. And then he goes, and then because so many towns are in Vermont, New Hampshire, go to Hanover High School, He's like, where? What town were you from? And I say, I'm like, okay, okay, Marauder. Even someone that went to Hanover High School is not going to know the town in Vermont I was from, which was South Strafford, 600 people, 1,200 cows, and <laughs> um, and he goes, where'd you live in South Strafford? Oh no! Whoa. And I'm like, Coppermine Road. It sounds like it sounds like something out of Petticoat Junction. <laughs> I'm on Coppermine Road, and so I, so then he goes, "Oh, I lived right across from the ball field." I'm like, it's so insane. And now Austin yeah. and I are pals. Wow. He, we, we are both from South Drive, Vermont. Anyway, it's crazy.
0: Um, well, with everything you've done, or do you take? And this is an honest question that I would, I know what my answer would be. Do you take more pride in? you know, last man standing or television accomplishments or genuinely the free throw thing?
5: Well, the <laughs> I, I would say this, you know, it's like hard work, work, but like when I was not a great free throw shooter when I got to high school, but then when it was made clear to me, if you're the best free throw shooter on the team, we'll want the ball in your hands at the end of game. So, you oh, know, yeah. you see those, you know, like there were games I went eight for eight in the final minute of a game to finish with 12 points, which got my name in the paper. Wow. So once you're shooting the techs and 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 getting fouled at the end of games, you can really pad your stats. So that yeah. made me want, so I shot free throws before practice, I shot free throws after practice. Like it was like, this was my thing. So in a way it was really like dedicated hard work paying off, you know, and I mean, you know, I certainly have worked hard in, in this business of show, but like I don't think it was as quite as targeted as like I want to be the best free throw shooter on the team.
0: Well, I think it is though because I know you're a methodical dude, so I want to talk about how you apply that. So you you were at news journalist and local, and then you somehow then the next thing I know in your story is you were at Fox Sports. Is that right? Like, um, and did well, you? I mean, how did basically how did you get out here Did because how did you get out here okay. you're from local so, journalism okay. to doing so, this. So, by the way,
5: I'm the worst guy to come speak at career day because I'm like, <laughs> guys, what are you doing with the homework? Why are you wasting your time? Why are you even going to school? They're, they're, the administration's tackling me. Like, <laughs> let him speak at your alma mater. Drop, tune in, turn on, drop out. So um, to finish the butterfly theory. Had the yeah. three-point line okay. come in in, in the you know, before I graduated, I suspect I would have gotten a look to be the seventh man on a not very good college.
4: Oh. You know, that, like
0: you would have been Matt Maloney.
5: I, yeah, well, <laughs> I could never <laughs> have gotten into Penn. A uh, dream. Great, great call. Uh, I couldn't have been Jerome Allen or Matt Maloney on that <laughs> uh, on that incredible Penn backcourt. Um, but so. So now I have to, you know, so I I did, I did light it up in the intramurals. Uh, and and this is how dedicated I was to basketball. Um, after graduating from the University of Vermont, where I was a, an intramural superstar, I yeah. got a fake Dartmouth ID so I could play intramural basketball wow. as a graduate.
3: That's awesome. <laughs>
5: At Dartmouth. That's Who is this guy? I've never seen this guy in any of my classes. Who is this guy? <laughs> got a fake ID so he can play in a basketball. <laughs> Who does that? So, okay. So this is like, it's actually, this is pretty good. Like my, my, my memoir, because um, yeah. I also sort of skipped town because of a lady. I was working at the Valley News and there were lifers there. Like you could look, you, you just looked around. You're like, oh, you got to get out. There's a point where, you know, the cement hardens like you got to get out while you're still wet cement or you're going to be like this guy or this guy like you're going to live. And by the way, the upper Connecticut River Valley region is beautiful and reminds me of a Jimmy Stewart, Hedy Lamar movie where she says to Jimmy Stewart, you boys. You leave the farm to go to the city to try to make enough money so you can retire to the farm. And I've right. definitely had some of that. I know you you have too, Goldie. We talked well, about.
0: A- look at Alec. I mean, that's all he does is. We
5: talked about New England.
0: Get <laughs> tired of but... farms. Well, <laughs> no, is... but you left New England to go here, and then you just want to be back there. <laughs> right. Totally. So you know, it, on me, so... yeah, I ditched it as soon as I could.
5: So I was ha- having an affair with the engaged obit writer at the valley news <laughs> <laughs> how and, is this not your show and and so um i was like this is great like very like kind of low stakes like i was just like i was you know i was lifting and i was just i looked like you know jan michael vincent i had a very long <laughs>
4: earring.
5: i was like, I'm, like I'm, I'm you know i'm nailing the only cute girl at the valley news for <laughs> <What> a life <laughs> And then, but then her surgeon husband finds out, and her fiance. And then I was covering. Wait a like, minute, this guy's not dead. Yeah, yeah i, was, <laughs> I was covering. I was like out, you know, on the on the field hockey beat. I was covering a big game somewhere, so I was not in the out office. When when he came into the office to confront me, oh, so I don't know what that scene would have been like. But thank God, I wasn't. I wasn't there. Wow, and when I got back, uh, I think to- he would
0: have seen your earring and started crying.
5: He <laughs> <laughs> didn't know he didn't want to step to this, no way. And so, um, you know, I'm get, I'm like, I'm driving back. I'm like, I gotta write a 15 inches about a zero zero field hockey game. Oh my <laughs> Christ! I don't, I don't even know what I don't even know what any of the the, the terms are. But uh, so then, my coworkers are like, Hey, there was a guy here looking for you. Like, I'm like oh that can't be good and then <laughs> and then eventually he he called me at the office you know to accuse me of of absolutely what was happening <laughs> and i was like whoa you know i don't know where you got this this is crazy like i this is genuinely insane like we're friends and co-workers <laughs> but like
4: this
5: thing you know, <laughs> I'm like, uh, you know like, and then so so by the way, I'm just telling him the lie he wants to hear. So, anyway, the like the next day, she was gone. Like she was packed up and returned to Virginia, Ooh. and and I was like, I realized I was kind of crestfallen because you know I was, you know as much as I was trying to like pretend I was some Lothario, I was like, oh, I kind of had a sweet you know soft spot for her, and so I looked around the shitty office with the shitty wage and no cute obit writer. And I was like, now's <laughs> the time. I gotta go. I just gotta get in my Jetta, 1994 yeah. Jetta. Sweet. Yeah, drive. baby. And just drive. And I listened to Springsteen's The River
4: <gasps> How I know the, the whole way,
5: just over and over again on a loop, you know. Crying. I drive a CD, front-loading
3: all- front, front, front loading CD player?
5: CD, CD player, oh, you know, with the it. with the cassette plugged in. You plug oh, the even better. The <laughs> yes. thing, and the CD player sits on the seat. And baby, i drive all night just to buy some shoes <laughs> all the way to LA. Oh. And then, you know, it's so crazy. Again, another reason, you know, I mean, I just spoke at comedy camp. Like, I never had a bad day in show business. Like, I don't know, I'm like, I drive out here, you know, it's it's um, Candide. Like, I'm like, uh, I meet Wayne Fetterman's very funny stand up. Like, I meet him. He's like, you seem like you know a lot about sports. Here's my friend Joe Bolster. He's writing on the ESPY Awards. Do you want to write on the ESPY Awards? I, that sounds awesome. Here, write 25 sports jokes, wow. and and I'll give him the executive producer. And they're like, "These are great. You're hired." Then like I'm flying back to Radio City to do the to Whoa. do the ESPY oh, wow. Awards, and then I had a credit, and then that be, that was you know parlayed immediately into a, an MTV Sports and Music Festival show in Austin, and You know, so then I started. Then I was like the sports guy, and then I wrote on two sports trivia game shows, and it was the second of those where I met all the Man Show guys, including Cousin Sal. And then it was like, you got to come play basketball with Carol and Kimmel. And then it was like, hey, let's hire this guy. It was anyway. I don't know. Like it's just, it's insane. Like you know it's not really transferable. I can't like, <laughs> hey, here's what you do. I mean, I do. One thing I do tell people is like, be an expert in something. Because like, if you, if if they, your staff can go, I don't know, ask hench. it has to do with sports. I also, right.
2: I also see though something valuable in your experience is that you didn't have such high expectations when you came out here that you needed to be doing this very specific thing. You came out and you were like, that sounds cool. And you never were like, I'm bigger than this, I'm better than this. So I feel like that's a very valuable thing to take away. Well,
5: I had no expectations for like anything. Like and zero entitlement. Yeah. You know, that's I so you know, it's I, I know we're, you know, the world has lost its mind, obviously. And it turns out young people are way dumber than than even we were joking about, but <laughs> yeah. like you know, so you know, I, I see this story somebody sent it to me about the 26 year old Bridgerton actress who, you know, is, is furious at Netflix for not letting everybody know not to hire her. Like, I'm like, I don't know what Netflix was supposed to do. Like you're, you've lost your mind. Um, you, You've had a psychotic break. Should we let everybody know that? Like, you know, in a business where where everybody talks. And so, but like in that story and in a lot of stories, a lot of stories I'm seeing from campus, like, it's like, and no one was there for me. No one was there for me. And the administration didn't help me, and Netflix didn't help me. And I'm like, who, who thought anyone was gonna help you ever? Like, that was not I I think, right. You should not go into life thinking there's gonna be a big support system for you. Like right. there right. is nothing, it is an abyss. And and I think the <laughs> expectation that someone is gonna help you is not good for preparing, certainly for a life in our business
2: great
0: advice oh my god that's so i mean well that's said. Yeah. i think that might be the best advice ever yeah. given i know on. yeah. no
5: <laughs>
3: one will help you there's no support system life Don't is an abyss it. i yeah. love that
5: you know also the other thing it's like you know where people are like man that guy's my friend and he didn't hire me it's like no one's gonna make their show or movie worse <laughs> for you like it's like so it's like no. like hey, we're buds, so will you hire me and make your show a little shittier? Like, no, no. So like even your pals aren't going to do anything. Well, I
0: I also think there's an element that people forget, which is, and I learned this rapidly, is you can't promise anyone anything because you may be forced by forces greater than you to break that Mm. promise. And I think, like, I understand when it's done to me, but I think people don't understand when they're like, you said if this happened, and it's like, I, I can't. Yeah do it like yeah
5: yeah and then you I, can also I, use the studio and network to when you're somebody excuse. you didn't want to hire to go sorry
3: yes <laughs> oh yeah sure the <laughs> fucking studio yeah. the fucking brass oh. yeah. Those well, let's bastards. talk about let's talk about some nuts and bolts of show business
0: because you you know have had this incredible success you know we could talk let's talk about last man standing because how does something like that come together so in general when you approach something and you have several things going now, do you say, I have an idea, I'm going to go try to formulate a package around this idea, or is it, hey, we have this package, can you come up with an idea, Kevin Hench, and...
5: Well, I'm so cynical that I'm, you know, I'm like, what's the easiest, shortest, most lucrative path? Like, I'm like, you know, so... In fact, it is interesting. It, it, I listened to the Keith Richards. Uh, Howard Stern interviewed Keith Richards. is amazing. I know Goldie, you're a guitarist. You, you 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 gotta you gotta listen. Um, and listen to the 500 Song podcast. But um, so coming off the Man Show, I had made two uh, shot two pilots with Corolla, uh, one for CBS, one for NBC. And again, like first half hour I ever wrote got shot as a pilot, and like. I didn't know how to format it. I don't know, like, what is it supposed to look like? Like, how do you indent? What does right. a power script <laughs> look like? And and then and people were like, people are like, that's amazing. You got a pilot shot. Your first, your first half hour you ever wrote got shot as a pilot. And I'm like, yeah, but it didn't get on the schedule. And they're like, well, that does. It's still super impressive. I'm like, I don't have a job. That's super impressive. I I do not have a job. They we made one episode of that show, and now I'm unemployed again. They're like, it's so impressive. Your first two, your first two half hour scripts got shot, and I'm like, and no job. Like I can't live (laughs) on one episode fee a year. So then uh, a producer named Rachel Kaplan. uh, I was talking. I was in my car. You know, and I love Rachel, and I, I I attribute so much of my all my lucky breaks to her. But so she said, okay. Um we did the two pilots they didn't go but I still want to work with you and she said ABC's number one priority is getting Tim Allen back to television. And like I, I mean it 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 they could have said like it, it, number one priority is is getting Jeffrey Dahmer back on television or it's <laughs> fun like I'm like okay that like that seems like the shoots and ladders like get get on get on the number one priority project right
0: <laughs> and so and did you did you watch his stuff growing up because with your upbringing it doesn't sound like you would necessarily no, be familiar with good. much TV. Is,
5: i've never seen anything i don't know like i'm <laughs> completely unprepared for any meeting <laughs> i don't know i mean so i did watch the home improvement pilot <laughs> prior to meeting nice, with good Alan, research, you know, good through, through my homework and like and the thing is crazy is both my dad and my brother are like, home improvement is incredible. It's they love that show so much and they love Tim. And then, you know, and I'm like, Dad, you have a PhD. Like, what are you doing watching? <laughs> watch network sitcoms? Like, what is this thing? This is the most embarrassing moment. <laughs> so, anyway, so then I, you know, Tim Tim's conservative. And so it's like, and obviously. All in the Family was like the you know, the last sitcom that I really knew by the end of my research. But so it was like I, I felt like it was pretty easy to sort of to, to write a character. And it, and in my pilot, it's like what we learn is like Tim was didn't want to be the Archie Bunker conservative who said ra- racial epaulets, you know, instead of epithets. You know, he wanted to be conservative and right. Which was a bit of a challenge, obviously, to make that funny. Like it was it was easy to kind of go like pull yourself up by your bootstraps, personal accountability, but like making, you know, writing the comedy of competence. I mean it's easy if he's riding around on a washing machine that he's put too much horsepower into. <laughs> but like he's like, I'm not doing that anymore. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to be, you know, the butt of the joke. But so we basically, you know, he just, you know, 194 episodes of of him making fun of everybody else, um, wow, but like so, so
4: Tim, Tim,
5: Tim. Uh, you know, Tim and I hit it off, and and you know that. Look, obviously, that was the last multicam to leave the station and go the distance, right? I mean, nothing, right, yeah. you know. It's like, you know, now, you know, we're we're out. We were walking around the studios all summer, and I I did go speak at the at Jay Leno and Corolla's comedy camp. And, it, and then I do the Q&A and the guy's like, hey, hey, how do you get in a writer's room? And like, hey, that's a great question. I was just walking uh, around the the studios with 6,000 other people who want, who were wondering the same thing. Like, how do you get in a writer's room? I'm like, yeah, it's brutal. I don't like, I don't <laughs> know. How do you How do you get a show ordered? Uh, <laughs>
3: so
0: but what you smartly did, though, in the show, I mean, and this must have come from Tim saying, I want to express opinions is you had this vlog that became this sort of basket to both satisfy him and sort of express like a sentiment and how did that come about
5: well so tim allen you know obviously had had so much success with tool time on home improvement so i've heard (laughs) Uh, that by the way tim came in during the pilot process and he was like he was like home improvement got a thirty nine share, and we're like, he doesn't think that's ever happening again, does he? Does
4: he, think?
5: Does he know? Does he know what team ratings are now? But uh, so Tim really wanted to do break that fourth wall, like that was Tim's idea, and so then we kind of just came up with, you know, you you can be doing a vlog that starts out as like, hey, Mike Baxter here for Outdoor Man to tell you about our crossbow sale and then it just veers into the ravings of a of a madman. But the thing that tur- that was so great about that, and I, I wrote them all, but was um, we could connect it thematically to whatever the episode was about. And a lot of times, cause he loved the vlog so much, it would actually help Tim know what he was playing for the whole rest of the episode. You know, it would just be, because you could write it just on the notes. Like you could just go like, Here's what I'm ranting about: small government, you know, whatever. And then, and then he would take that to to the rest of the episode. So it's funny. He just texted me about how much he misses those vlogs, and uh, and I mean, I I I love doing them. And it was what well, we got to a point where nobody would read them. Like there was no no studio or network oversight. Like nobody like it didn't matter who who was running the show at the moment or who the who the current executive was it was like you guys just go make that little short film and we're going to put it on tv that's cool and it was there was you know just no oversight so occasionally they'd be like wow man i don't know if he's allowed to say that and we never heard boo we never So were you
0: i mean as you're writing these is it stuff that came from you came from him like did you find yourself writing ones you disagreed with ever
5: well Where the sweet spot was, was like, you know, there's Tim Allen, who's who's very conservative. You know, I guess, you know, it's funny. I'm a, you know, neoliberal monster, Um, you know, but I would consider myself center left, I guess, you know. And then and then Mike Baxter is this this fictional character. So we kind of have this three legged stool between Tim, me and the fictional character. And I would say, you know, 85 percent of the time the vlog what the vlog was saying was something that all three of those entities agreed with they could sign off on you know it's like yeah by the way like is is be on time to work some some horrible <laughs> right wing
4: right
0: <laughs> kind of i mean kind yeah. of now it now, is yeah now. yeah <laughs> which is you know the, the the ground has shifted but so i on that show because you know it's it's so rare to be on a success of of any magnitude, much less that magnitude. What, how are you coming up with the stories on that? I mean, it's, it's so many episodes and are they, are people just coming in and pitching or are you coming in and saying, Hey, I want the family to do this this year. And how far are you looking ahead in terms well, of a 22 I mean, episode season?
5: You know, we, uh, we always made a lot of hay in pre-production, you know, which is is pretty good advice, you know. When the before the boulder starts starts, the Indiana Jones boulder starts rolling down the mountain to crush you. <laughs> I mean, do
0: you have a story day where you're like, everyone come in everyone first day, you five, know, every, every
5: season, you know, bring in stories, and you know, okay. most of us are dads. You know, the, the Tim Allen's character had three daughters. Tim and Nancy Travis had three daughters, so a lot of life stuff. Obviously, that that Raymond model of like. Have dinner with your family so that you can bring in stories so you know we all we all robbed liberally from our families and our marriages to you know to tell these stories um and yeah we never i mean it's funny because the you know we never felt like the well running dry i don't know i mean it's just you know three daughters spaced in age you know the youngest daughter goes to the air force academy by the end and like my favorite scene i wrote on that show was between caitlin deaver who's a big movie star now and an incredible actor and and nancy travis where caitlin caitlin's character eve it is going to the air force academy she like wants to fly jets for her country and you know any mom would be like "Guys, couldn't you do something safer but i got to write the speech where a conservative character and cuz the daughter was a chip off the old block gets to say like how come the people that have benefited the most from this country want to do the least for this country like why you know wouldn't it be an honor for me to give something back to my country you know whereas uh, you know america is so much the suckers and losers trump attitude <laughs> like no like this is noble and you know, you've done so well in America, wouldn't it be nice to give something back? So, you know, Nance in the scene, Caitlin's crying, Nancy's crying, and I'm in Video Village crying. Oh. And, you know, so the, the characters, you know, gave us those stories, um, you know, week after week. It really, it was, that was not hard, you know, or, or like, you know, one story one story we never did that I thought was such a great jumping off point was uh, uh, one of the writers had been hold, held the door for a woman at Starbucks and she got pissed. <laughs> oh, and I was like, that's a good story. You know, so just, I don't know, you know, you, that is you, a
4: good
3: story. You know, yeah, I agree. Um, that's great. I, I can I I'm just make a, a brief U-turn here? Because I'm Goldie has many times and uh, pr- pronounced that he's, he's turned his back on uh, Boston and, and the new England area in, in several large ways, including sports And I think I still have a deep emotional attachment to, you know, those teams. Can you talk a little bit about because I I saw an interview with you online where you talked about when you bet, you do this thing, emotional hedging, which I thought was genius. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Like, I mean,
5: I I bet against. My team's constantly. It's the only reason I'm not
4: broke. You know, it's.
5: It, I mean, obviously, I I took a beating for 20 years betting against the Patriots, but yes. money well spent, right? You know, <laughs> you're not crying in your cups when you win the Super Bowl, but um, so I de- I definitely emotionally hedge where it's like, okay, at least if my team loses Game Seven to the Miami Heat because our best player rolls his ankle on the first possession. Yeah. Like yeah, the horror, the horror. Yeah. It's like, you know, you got a few bucks in your bank account. Like it's just, <laughs> you know, you would definitely rather lose the money and win the game, but it's a little something. But to your point about Goldie, like, okay, when the MAGA hat in the locker and the Brady and the craft, are best friends with this monster. Like I was like, oh shit. So I was like, <laughs> that's it. That's it for me. I'm out. I am out for a whole week. <laughs> how long my That's how long I boycotted the Patriots and then Goldie yeah. was like, "Ah, oh, no. I fucked those guys." And then so
4: the, Yeah.
0: That I still, I, understood. I still hate them. Yeah.
5: So that I was like, "Okay. I but, was but, right,
0: by the way. I've but, but, been but, I've been vindicated. I should This this is a victory lap." Yeah. yeah.
5: So, so um solo the, so, so that like, Great. okay, there was a trigger, there was a trigger, there was a red hat in a locker, the trauma, obviously the country is literally not. The retarded. letter,
0: let's not forget the letter of support. Yeah. this, this oh. at, at a Trump rally in New Hampshire, which I think we all know is a Klan rally basically, but okay.
5: So <laughs> so, um, so that I got, I understood. Okay. But um, okay, so two years ago, because Goldie does not keep me apprised of his shifting allegiances, Alec, I don't know if he, you know, texts you to let you know when he, he does the new, a new Boston team, but you know, so the the Celtics are playing the Warriors in the finals and I text Goldie and I'm like, man, wow, it's nervous time, huh? What do you think? He's like, oh, I'm a Warriors fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And I was like, whoa, whoa, hold on. First of all, I did not even know this was, I didn't know this was possible. Like, you know, yeah, you can just like, do whatever. man. It's like you're, you know, I, yeah
0: your wife once you go bald you can do i mean you you talk about you know you talk about no one cares you want to learn no one cares fucking go bald in america and see who's there to pick you up and, and fluff you up and save you
5: Stephanie converting to Judaism would have made more sense to me than you just bailing like just like you're like I'm converting to what <laughs> Steph Curry you're not even like She's already marrying
0: like, a bald guy. She's not taking my religion too. There's no <laughs> scenario where that happens.
5: But it was like you're like you're like oh like no I'm not I'm not bailing on the Celtics for an up and comer like for a for a for a rebuild. I'm like right. I'm bailing on the Celtics for the generational talent in basketball, I have the receipts on
0: being a, a college fan of his. I have the, I have the receipts.
2: Oh, good, good, good.
0: I was, I was not like I was a very early adopter. Yeah. had he gone to Minnesota as he should have, I'd probably be a Timberwolves fan. All
5: right, so, so yeah, uh, the, the, I mean, I admire in a weird way, probably because of my my parents and my upbringing. I admire Goldie's disloyalty,
0: <laughs> but I've
5: been here longer than I was ever there. Now that part is wild. Like, you know, when you're at a Halloween party and you're looking at like 25 year old kids that you met when they were three months old, you're like, How old are we? Good
4: God. <laughs> yeah.
0: That we're still aging. Yeah. Um now I'm gonna I'm gonna you turn us back. Ooh. Okay. Uh,
4: I'm ready. I'm ready. I want to
0: talk about the stuff you have going on now because you you're very good at selling things to networks. Like this is sort of your superpower. And don't so take- uh how what is your approach going into a pitch like uh, how long do you plan on speaking sort of do you go in with do you feel like you know within a minute you've done it or do you feel like you're building a case the whole time like what's what's your approach okay
5: i i guess you know i i like obviously i like the fix to be in so it's like hey i've got an idea for tim allen sold like that's <laughs> like right. I mean, that's the reality of our business, you know. And then, you know, um, I've got a couple of a couple of hot things I'm really excited about. And I, I mean, you you guys know it's like how often is your performance in the room the deciding
0: factor? I mean, haven't they talked about it prior to you coming in? I only realized that very late in the game. I I yeah. really thought it, I used to think it was about the performance. Yeah.
5: So mm. I mean, I, I get. I mean, I do get super worked up I think I get a little less nervous than I used to but I don't if there's a sweet spot right I don't want to be over prepared where I'll slip into kind of you know monotonous drone I want it to sound a little extemporaneous like like this even though this is right. all
0: scripted everything I've are, stuff, you a, are you using a? are you using a prompt are you using a deck <laughs> when you go in like do you use a deck um, at this point or do you I usually uh, I mean
5: it's funny I usually just have index cards in front of me that I just kind of like, almost like cue cards that yeah. have bullet points on them. Which is
0: smart. I I, I want to just say, I think this is smart because I think they want to know how long a pitch they're in for too. So when they see the stack of cards going down, <laughs> they're like,
4: yes. I think in
0: some sense, that's a relief for them.
5: Yeah. And then it's, I mean, so, so, but then on Zoom, I would just have the note cards on a cork board behind my computer. And I, you know, so I would just,
4: look up yeah
5: sort of the old school version of prompter and then i like to be pretty fat i mean i'm very pacey
0: obviously yeah. uh you know i mean do you start out with a general statement about like the world here's where the world is today and why we need this show or are you more is yeah, it more about for the sure. show for and sure. like,
5: I, you know i because i actually that's the only part that's interesting to me is like is the theme you know, what are we doing? Are we part of the resistance? Are you know, does anybody remember laughter? You know, mm-hmm. are we allowed to make jokes? And so, um, you know, I, I like the preamble is sort of the fun part where, you know, you're basically telling them, you know, do you know who Dave Rowe is? Of course you don't, because he was the guy at Decca Records that didn't want to sign the Beatles. Don't be <laughs> that guy. <laughs> no, you know, you know, so um uh, uh, it's a good line. There's definitely some bullying involved, right? Because that was the other thing that I I didn't understand. You know, Corolla is such a fucking savant in so many ways. Like raised raised by hippie uh, deadbeat liberal wolves, um, but he, you know, he told me once because like he would like kind of fucking snap at the executives, and I'd be like, "What the fuck, man? What are you doing?" He's like, "They like that. They want they want to know that you know what you're doing." And like, but we don't know what we're doing. I know we don't know what we're doing, but I want to think we know what we're doing. So, um, you know, obviously I have a pretty gentle touch, but I definitely, you know, I want them to be hit by the full fuselage of confidence. You know, like I fucking know what I'm doing and I'm great at it. You'd be lucky to work with me. First of all, you'd have a good time um, and it's not your money. So start bidding. Um, and, then, and then, you know, I like to have, a monster joke for every character, you know, mm. so you can hear what's funny about that character in joke form.
0: Um, and then, and it's that along the lines of like, this is the type of person who thinks this, even though this, or, you, you know, or is it literally like a line they would say in a situation?
5: I, it would be dialogue, you know, like, cool. you know, if you were watching a sizzle reel of the show that's about to air, you know, you would see that characters, you know, it was funny. I, was, you know, I think about it so much, you know, talk about vindication, because I guess this Bill Burr movie is just blown, is doing really well, oh. you know. And so, what when I think about your guys' show, Dads, which did do well, Alex
3: show, but that, yeah, uh, Goldie Goldie wrote more than anyone else, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
5: but so it's like not only it's like it wasn't like it was ahead of its time. It was like well, it did well. It like it earned the right to continue, but you know, in in one of the early signs, like whoa, 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 we're not. It's, this is not about comedy guys come on be sensitive so right. you know that's you know that's 10 years ago now and like you know god bless Bill Burr but like i'm I'm not I'm hearing it maybe is not great even though it's successful and it's it's just funny that 10 years later it's like we need you know to to bring back these attitudes and these voices and someone has to be like well, we didn't really ever have to leave. We <laughs> didn't have to do the last 10 years. Like it was, right. it was just a pointless exercise in misery. Of, of, <laughs> but of- I'll, also, I'll <laughs> also
0: say that like, you know, it's, it's a facetious of people to say like, and you can't say this now. And, and it's like, you can say whatever you want. There will be consequences you might not want to deal with. And like, I... I I, I think but people I, also it's like, it's are kind irony. of soft and not wanting the consequences, which is you know not everyone's going to like you and and praise you,
5: but for sure. But it's like the the squeaky wheel. Like no no one is being told to fuck off, right? Like if you lodge a complaint, you, the, none of the institutions, not 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 the New York Times editorial page, not your alma mater, Columbia, not not uh, the networks. Is is telling somebody who complains, go fuck yourself or buy another newspaper or go to another college. Like I thought when the University of Chicago sent that letter, this is not a safe space. Do not come here if you are looking for a safe space. I, I literally I was like, this is the beginning. Every college is going to draft their own letter that says, No, 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 no. We we are going to challenge you and teach you uncomfortable things. And it's like, the University of Chicago is like Virgil Starkwell and take the money and run. Like they, you know, did nobody tell Virgil the breaks off. Like, like your of Chicago's like, come on, gang. And it's like everyone was like, no man, we're cool. We're gonna hide under our desks while the the, the lunatics run the asylum. I mean, and obviously that is that has come to, to full fruition in the last three weeks. Um, it, it, yeah. it's so nuts. And I, and I blame young people are allowed to be stupid and complain. I really blame the institutions, mm. um, you know, for not yelling at the New York times newsroom. Like, yeah, sometimes there's going to be shit in our newspaper that you disagree with. Yeah. What's yeah. up? You know, what was your, what was your insanely cobbled life? Like before you got to the New York times that you can't hear an opposing viewpoint.
0: Uh, no, we can't. <laughs> I think the I think end. that's a good place for us to to jump off the train. Is no opposing viewpoints at all. <laughs> yep, none. <laughs> we, we don't like it. But uh, Hench, thank you so much for being oh, here. Thank you good. guys. We Was you got to come back because we could we could go.
4: I course, hours
0: with
3: you anytime. I mean, we didn't and, even talk about Larry Bird. I'm disappointed.
5: <laughs> uh, so, and so well portrayed in Winning Time just so per- oh, I perfect haven't seen that. Yes. free
0: throw contest between you and larry bird now who wins
5: i mean i am
0: so i'm actually actively in back spasms
5: right now oh, like oh. I, I i am so physically decrepit <laughs> that an uncontested 15 footer is a triathlon
4: wow i'm sorry <laughs> oh, to hear that
5: oh, I, boy, it's God. it's de- i'm
0: not i'm we'll not talk not off recording. air because i gotta we're, i'm gonna call you i'll call you All later right
5: oh yeah well, I, I can
0: get you i could. that part of your life can be solved
5: oh sarno yeah
0: that's right i've
5: what read it you? all i've read it all i hope
0: you're not doing it um <laughs>
3: anyway uh thank you so much thank,
2: thank
0: you. you guys we'll, uh, that
2: was
5: awesome
0: thanks yeah.
3: kevin wow god kevin is yeah. he's so funny so smart goldie that was a great interview you
0: yeah. ran there great questions oh, thank thanks. you for we gotta heart. have
3: a, i mean we'll have him back because he can
0: he's so fascinating talking about everything yeah yeah Smart. That was just so smart. It,
3: I did get the sense that there was there were 10 more hours of uh, content. <laughs> well, there like, you know, when
0: that. you read a book, I, I usually don't even remember the title of the book I've read. Yeah. Mm. Or having mm. read the book entirely. I forget yeah. the book. I don't <laughs> yes. know the author and oh, his okay. recollection of yeah, his
2: references backs
0: great. of of.
3: From every field, about everything, it's it's from. I I know. Well, he he brought up, I think, Camus, Sartre, and Rashomon in one interview, and I was like, I know. (laughs) He went to Rashomon twice, which sort of goes to show. (laughs) But it doesn't that kind of honor Rashomon if he goes to it again.
0: I don't. I've I've never seen it. (laughs) Yeah,
3: no, I've heard. I've heard about it. I've 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 read the uh, thumbnail (laughs) enough to know. I just saw black and white, and I was like, okay, I'm sure it's good. Um, all right. Now it's time to get into a portion of the show we like to call Top 5. Top 5. Oh, we're beautiful. <laughs> JC, this was your Top 5. Yes. Tell us what we're Top 5 and about today.
2: Top 5 things you wish you were brave enough to do.
3: Yeah. Right. Yep. Go for it. So I will go You're brave first. You're enough to do this? Can you do it? I don't know.
2: <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> tough. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of these things. They're called silent retreats. Yes. Where you go and you, it's like, you can go anywhere from, I think, maybe three days to sometimes a month. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. And I think you be- went
0: on one during the Hench interview. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: kind of. <laughs> well, I've heard that they are pretty, like, life-changing and you, let, you can't have any electronics or anything. And I think, I don't know if I'd be brave enough to go do a silent retreat. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, my thanks. Um, yeah. On the kind of opposite thing, I would be, I, I, I think skydiving or hang gliding would be uh, number four is my number four.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, number three, making a huge bet, like going all in on like Red 34. I don't have oh. the guts What What to
0: would be that. the number that? Demarcated huge for you.
2: I don't know. Uh, that's a very good question. I I've played a
0: five hundred dollar blackjack hand was the most. Uh, that's ooh. not it.
3: I know no, I was thinking like right. ten thousand, uh, but yeah. like, but I don't, you okay. know,
2: something that'll really hurt. Yeah, ten k like... was what
3: what jumped to my mind. Okay, well. but okay. five
2: hundred is still like when you're actually no, sitting at nothing. a table, you're like, pff, okay, like. Alec. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's relatable. <laughs> it's like not betting at all.
2: <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Must be nice. Okay. Number two this is more a very personal thing. I think going all in, this is what you guys did going all in on a creative endeavor like music instead of being like, okay, I know that I can have a career doing what I do. Instead of, pers- I, I could have gone the route of being a bass player. And I just didn't maybe didn't have the the belief, so I kind of wish that I was brave enough to have done that.
3: I think you're being hard on yourself, and I think and you're... it's not too late.
4: Yeah,
2: yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, that's yeah.
3: and just... and Goldie oh, and I have guys. never been all in on anything. So
2: no. <laughs> well, I mean, you're...
0: I I put most of my chips on the cha- table and went some in.
4: Yes. <laughs> 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 okay,
2: and um, my number one is. I wish I was brave enough to just not give a shit.
3: Yeah, that's, that's good. That's a good one. Good one. Good number 1. Goldie. Thank
0: uh you. okay, so a little overlap number 5 skydiving.
3: Ah. I,
0: I maybe when I'm if I make it to 90 I'll let them push me out of a plane. George W. Nice. Bush. <laughs> yeah. Uh number 4 is I've always wanted to do like a round of some kind of combat whether it's jujitsu or boxing or something cool. like a real combat sport
2: yeah yeah
0: but um don't really have the guts number three is singing
2: Ooh, i
0: just wish i could you know like write my own songs and sing them with with no irony
3: let's do you it know? Wow. i've heard you i've heard you nail mr Brightside. let's do it
0: hey <sighs> I, I was drunk uh number two (laughs) i i wish i had the guts to do this and i i haven't done it in uh 33 years barfing
2: (laughs) oh that's fascinating i can't
0: barf i'm too scared
2: what happened me too
3: i hate it that's that's the thing that i fight how do you
4: make it stop i
0: don't know i just i haven't thrown up since my sophomore year of
3: college you can i've needed to you can make it stop Sometimes you can't, but like 95% of the time you can make it stop.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, and number one, murder. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I had the guts to just kill some motherfuckers. <laughs>
4: uh,
3: you oh did that God. perfectly. You did that perfectly because I was contemplating that, but it was always like I wanted to throw a person in there and you can't do that. Mur- murder is nope. just the best way to say that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So here we go. Number five for me, stand up for myself. I wish I had the courage to stand up for myself at times when I don't, but I don't. Oh my god. Uh number four. I've go top- thought you meant stand up comedy. No, 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 no. Well that that I wish I hadn't done. No, uh, <laughs> number four, go topless. <laughs> I oh. wish I had the courage. <laughs> I don't. Uh number three, put my feelings into words. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of times I just have all these feelings, but I don't spit them out. And now at the age of 50, I feel like I'm losing the ability to turn the feelings into words. Whereas at the age of 17 or 25, those feelings you have come out as words a lot easier. Well, also, no one cares what a 50-year-old feels. (laughs) Pretty much pretty much yeah good I'll I'll keep tamping him down thanks for the uh, pep talk no problem Uh, number two be truly vulnerable with another human being wow I think that takes a lot of courage and I I don't know that I've gotten there so I want to I'm on the road to find out take that look off your face Goldie I don't know what (laughs) it means but I don't like it (laughs) number one and this one Goldie I'm surprised is not on your list number one Shit anywhere. Oh, that's a good one.
4: Yeah. Oh, that's a good one for you. Yes. That's a
3: good well, I one. Do, I do not have the courage to do that. Okay.
0: That well, and was... almost number two and number one, that I think, are one. very related. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, I do think if you could be honest with everyone about what was going on with you and your body, you could shit anywhere shamelessly. Yes. They're connected. Yeah. I think wow. a few of mine are connected. Yeah. All right. yeah. Well, well I was going li- to use the phrase are the same thing, but right. connected. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Con- thematically connected is the nice thing.
0: But way of this was that. a
3: great topic,
4: Jason. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that was really you. fun
3: thank to think you. about. Um, all right. So, number five next week is my uh, topic. Okay. And I want to do top five sequel drop offs. Top What's five that? sequel drop offs. So, Can like, you have, a, you have a good movie, you make a sequel, and it's god awful. So, oh. what are the top five worst sequel drop-offs?
2: Okay.
3: Third David Goodman interview? Oh
0: <laughs> hey, no. I'm kidding. Hey. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. Get some pizza. <laughs> I'm kidding.
3: <laughs> oh, by the way, speaking of get some pizza, because we talked about know. that on the podcast with, with David and Kirker Butler, who is the uh the recipient of Kirker Get Some Pizza. Yeah, I got Uh <laughs> the other day we were in the writer's room and uh you know, we were talking about all this this mess in in the Middle East and everything. Danny Smith out of nowhere just goes, Gaza, get some pizza. <laughs> Which I thought was very funny to say Gaza, get some pizza. Made me laugh. Okay. Now let's end the show as we do every week on a high note. Whoa. Again, that's just seems a little long. Yes. Um, all right, I'll, I'll go uh, quickly. And and you may have seen this on uh, on Instagram, but Levy at her new school had something called a spotlight, which is where kids choose to get up in front of the school and you know usually like sing or dance or play an instrument. And Levy, who's been taking oh, karate yeah. lessons for a few years, decided that she wanted to show the school. Her karate skills, yeah. and of course, this led to several weeks of Tall and I just being a wreck. Like we were so nervous for her because we kept hearing these reports that the grand finale of her bit was that she was going to break a board, you know, with her with her foot, uh, as as karate people seem to do. And the word that we were getting ahead of time is she's really having trouble breaking the board. She's just really, you know, and and of course me wanting to fix it. Just I, I'm just like, can't we just use the thinnest possible board? That's like score. I'm like, I don't care if she's got a graham cracker up there. Right. Like, I want her just to to chop through it and have that moment for her. So we're building up, and I she brought her sensei with her to you know help her with the routine. Right. And I'm talking to the sensei beforehand. I'm like, use the thin fucking board. Like I want this to you know practically slipping her a twenty dollar bill. Yeah. Like here, keep it, keep it fair, keep it fair. So. I mean, and I'm getting all kinds of like, oh yes, you know, yes, we'll we'll do that. So what I did not realize was Levy was so on to this plan by me, like she knew that I was trying She's to change like... the board. And before the show, she called her own Audible, had the thicker board out there, yeah. and broke it anyway. Wow! So good for her. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so uh
0: after bitching and moaning about it last week, you know, I did enjoy Halloween. From the moment they woke up, my kids were into it. They wore their costumes to school. Oh,
4: that's awesome. And
0: the whole nice. block looks great. And you know, it's of course it's great, and I'm wrong.
4: That's <laughs> <laughs> a take great high note.
2: <laughs> okay, um, my high note is a few days ago, I got a phone call from a very good friend of the show. I will not name person. Um, who was just calling about a top five topic that we had and asking about some of the answers I had. And it turned into me getting some amazing life advice from this person. And it's really given me some perspective and it's helped me a lot and helped me get through this sort of like a trying time. And uh, I really appreciate it. And... Hopefully, yes. this person knows who they are.
3: So. Why? Why would this person, who did so much good for you, remain nameless?
2: Well, only because it wasn't like he, this person doesn't know I was going to talk about it. On you know, it's a private conversation. It's not okay. like, hey, can All I right. mention this? I
3: admire your discretion. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but also, okay, it's a he. I heard the. Eh. It's, so a, it's he. a he.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a he. <laughs> yeah, very good friend of the show.
3: So mm.
2: okay.
4: Yes. Great.
3: Awesome. All right. Well, those were great high notes. A little cryptic,
4: but (laughs) uh,
3: great nonetheless. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you to Kevin Hench for being so wildly entertaining. Thank you, two for being awesome. Thank you. And we will talk to you again next week.
1: (laughs) That was fun.
4: Stop right now! Ooh.